Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap Bad up. Curry takes another three. It's up and good. He's got 62. On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam. Oh, by Oubre. He caught it right in the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Off a couple of bit down. Take the left lead back up top to Draymond. Now to Wiggins. He'll back up to the top of the key. Pull up off the dribble three. Hit it. His second in a row. And Wiggins starting to get hot. It's 76 to 58. Well, he hits him in bunches. All right, Warriors wrap up. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Warriors get the win tonight. 130 to 108 as the Dubs stop their two-game midi losing streak. Lineup change. Worked at the start as the Warriors got off to a better start, leading by 11 at the end of the first quarter after trailing by nine in the previous two games against the Knicks and the Jazz. Mostly ugly, though, from that point on for the Warriors, although the game never felt like Golden State was in danger of losing. They did lead by as many as 22 and never trailed in this game. Andrew Wiggins crushed his former team, and Steph Curry put the Wolves to bed when the lead got down to eight in the fourth quarter. Uh, All in all, a a much-needed win. It wasn't always pretty, but the Warriors got the job done, Ryan Covey. Yeah, no question. And, you know, look, Minnesota, they they made it interesting a few times, but every time Minnesota asked a question tonight, the Golden State Warriors had the answer. And they closed this game out with uh, with some aplomb, and you, you give a lot of credit to Steph Curry. I mean, you know, about six and a half minutes left, they'd cut it down to eight, and you thought, oh, is this going to be one of those fourth quarters where an upstart, scrappy Minnesota team that maybe the Warriors uh, thought they had put away and, and stopped, uh, you know, bringing the intensity, uh, but they were able to ramp it back up again. This felt like a very important game for the Warriors in their season tonight, and for the majority of this game, they played like it. Uh, I would have liked a little more ball movement tonight, J.D., but by and large, they hit a lot of their threes, uh, and, you know, they beat a, a team they should be, quite frankly. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey at 95.7. The game will keep it going right up to about 11 o'clock tonight as the Warriors improve to 9-8. and eight. They beat the Timberwolves by the final of 130 
to 108. Uh, the Warriors uh, in this game, it, it, it really, the lineup change is the first thing that I wanted to get into tonight. Kavon Looney in the starting lineup, James Wiseman, the first big off the bench, basically just flip-flopping those two big men and their roles. And Kavon Looney and the starting group was a plus 16 in the first quarter. Uh, the Warriors were up by 11 at the end of that first quarter. And you just look at Kavon Looney's night. It's the quintessential Kavon Looney night when he plays well. Two points. Uh, he's got some assists. He's got some rebounds. Got a block, but plus 21 in the time that he's on the floor in just under 19 minutes of action. Uh, he has a, a calming influence, and good things happen when Kevon Looney is on the floor for the Warriors. Steve Kerr, for as much as we've talked about lineup changes, I, I think him making that move tonight, it shows you how important and what a premium the Warriors are putting on making sure that they try to win every possible game they can right now. Yeah, you they the Knicks game was the reminder uh, for this basketball team. It, teams going to Utah and get beat all the time, JD. It was that Knicks game that was okay. This is the first time this Warriors team has lost to a team that they rolled into a ball game expecting to beat, right? And so that's a, that'll get your attention. Um, and Steve Kerr needed to get these guys' attention after two games in a row where they didn't play well defensively. They were just they were bad, JD, and and they had spent you know the better part of what 10 12 games carving out a, a pretty nice defensive identity you know with some bumps in the road no question it's a work in progress uh but it had things had really slipped uh the last couple of games and so you you turn to a crafty veteran that's you know like any coach would do right it's like you know on a very uh, a much larger scale of course but Steve Kerr turned to Andre Iguodala in the NBA finals right when when you need when you need to shake things up you go to somebody who's got your trust and, and understands the system that's Gavon Looney and yes it very typical Kevon Looney line, but the impact reverberates through that entire starting lineup. All these guys double-digit plus-minus, all these guys double-figure scoring, all these guys four-plus rebounds. I mean, it was uh, all hands on deck tonight, uh, and, and just having Kevon Looney's calming presence in there I thought was a huge boon for that. Uh, and, and credit to James Weissman, too. I, I heard him on the post game. The media training, his Jedi media training is complete. He said all the right things about coming off the bench and just doing what's best for the team. That kid gets it, man, no doubt. Yeah, we'll hear from James Wiseman uh, coming up here on Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson, Ryan Covea, 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. I want to go ahead and let's just get the jump here and, and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, a little bit uh, earlier than usual tonight. Uh, we addressed it, the starting five, uh, and here's what Steve Kerr had to say about the starting five and, and, then, and then the rest of the ball game in addition to that. Well, we got off to a really good start, so that was what I was hoping for. Um, defense was was really good in those first six minutes. I think we got up 15 or 17 points. So it's just much easier to uh, to play, you know, from ahead when you and set a tone right away. But with that said, I wasn't particularly pleased with the, the rest of the game. I thought we we won on talent. You know, Andrew and Def, you know, both put up big numbers, and you know, Draymond made some great plays and. We had some good individual outings, but I didn't feel like we played a great game and didn't feel like we moved the ball very well. But, you know, we, 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 we take the win and come back tomorrow and try to get better. Yeah, and it was really, I think, the right opponent on the right night for the Warriors with the, with the right move made by the head coach, Steve Kerr, in, in changing up the starting lineup. But, but the Warriors, for the most part in this game, 
they looked like a team to my eye that was pretty fortunate that they were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves when the Minnesota Timberwolves didn't have their best two players, uh, frankly. And, and maybe that's part of it, uh, you know, not always being locked in for the full 48 minutes. I think also part of it, you have to give the Timberwolves a little bit of credit. They do have some athletic bodies that I think at times bothered the Warriors, and the Warriors can have issues with athletic wing players from time to time. But it really was a case of starting lineup played great in that first quarter, and then it was just a, a, a whole lot of Timberwolves going to run, Warriors going to run. Timberwolves going to a little run, Warriors going to a little run. Game never felt in danger, uh, but then Steph Curry brought him home down the stretch in that fourth quarter with the 15-point, three-minute stretch after things got down to eight. Yeah, and look, that's by and large, J.D., going to be the recipe a lot of nights, right? I mean, the Warriors, they're not going to be a prohibitive favorite against a lot of teams unless this team really starts to gel and, and you know, they shoot a bunch of games over 500. But if they're going to hover around 500, if they're going to be in an orbit around the 500 mark uh, for most of the season in that gravitational pull, then by and large, they're not going to be favored uh, against a lot of teams in the West. So uh, on the nights that, you know, even they do have the, the lead for, you know, the majority of the game, I, maybe this even was a wire-to-wire win, close to it, if not. Uh, but either way, it was. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. So, yeah, another wire wire to win for them. Um, but, you know, it's one of those games. Look, the Warriors, outside of Steph Curry and, and then Andrew Wiggins, the way that he's been putting it up offensively lately, they don't have guaranteed scoring on a nightly basis. So they need it needs to be kind of an all hands on deck effort. And that's what you got tonight. So with that in mind, when Steph Curry's resting, like if a guy like Eric Pascal, who's been a godsend is the six man, if he's going to go two for 10 and score five points, you're going to need to make that up somewhere else. So it was just it ended up just being a team win tonight. And, and it wasn't pretty. You know, and, and there's going to be plenty of nights, J.D., where you're not looking for aesthetics. It's, there's not going to be chock full of style points. I don't care how they got the win tonight. They needed a win. They needed to get back over 500, and they couldn't afford to lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Learn from tonight and go ahead and stomp on this team on Wednesday when you play them. That'll show me that this was a, a good win for the team. It got them going in the right direction, but they certainly uh, saw some areas that they can improve as well. We know the Warriors can play better than this, and, hey, they put up 130 tonight. Yeah, they did, and and they got the job done, and, and really it's it's win number one of what I would call a must-win three uh, week in the four games that they're going to play with Minnesota on Wednesday, and then they go to Phoenix, and they take on the Pistons, who actually got a win tonight. Uh, their fourth of the season, Pistons had had the worst record in the NBA overall. The Timberwolves came in with a worst record in the Western Conference. Let's get to West Oakland Sam. He's up first here on Warriors Wrap-Up, Triple Eight. 957-9570. Phone lines are open. West Oakland, Sam, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, man, what's up, my brothers, man? I hope you guys are having an excellent night. Um, I just want to talk about, uh, I didn't, like, I had no idea that the Warriors had the hardest schedule to start the year, which makes a 9-8 and eight record really seem really plausible to me. And, um... And I just really – I love how Steve Kerr is really using the beginning of the season to kind of mess with the lineup to see what works because I don't think he's really found that nucleus that could dominate from beginning to end. But I like how he's like – he's kind of messing with it. You know, I had no idea that um, that Looney was going to start the game until I, I started watching the game tonight. And so I really like that just to kind of get – you know, just make Wiseman kind of watch the game from the beginning and just kind of see what he can do, like, as he comes in the game. You understand what I'm saying? And 
I'm just really curious. It's looking like the Warriors season is going to be like win the games that you have to win, play up play up against the teams that are completely way better than you, which they've won against the Clippers and the Lakers. But then you might catch a Nick team that might just be more yeah. ready than you are. And like that happened to be off a of back to back, but I was that was the scariest loss of the year to me was that Nick game just because of the way they dominated us just with their length and everything. And I'm just curious if you guys, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but if there's um, a string of games that you can see where you think that they can pull off a really good record with a series of games, uh, like coming up after this, this, this hard beginning stress that they just got, got over. Yeah. Thank, uh, thanks, Sam. Appreciate the call. Right, right now is the time, to be perfectly yeah. honest. And, and look, I mean, you're playing Minnesota again. That's another one. I, I hate doing this, but, but we had Jim Barnett on, on Warriors uh, Live before the game, and he said Don Nelson used to look at the schedule and start circling games. He thought they were going to win. <laughs> so, that, that is, so if Don Nelson could do it, then I can sure as heck do it. I'm circling yeah. tonight. I circle Wednesday. I'm circling Saturday for sure. Uh, right now is really the go time when you look at this thing for the Warriors, it gets a little bit tougher. They play Boston. They got a couple of games in Dallas. I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole, Covey. Uh, but, but when you look at this thing, uh, you know, then they play San Antonio a couple of times, and the Warriors obviously handled San Antonio last week. There's going to be some winnable games. And, and overall here, I, I think the, the best thing to focus on is the Warriors. Yeah, you, we can debate if the Knicks loss was a bad loss. But for the most part, the Warriors, they beat Chicago, they beat Detroit, they beat Sacramento, they beat Minnesota. Uh, again, we can, we can quibble about the Knicks game. I do think there were some extenuating circumstances there. But uh, if, if you're going 4-1, and 5-1 and one in, in, you know, out of every six game that you think is a, is a game that you really need to get, you're, you're going to wind up being okay when it's all said and done. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I'll look down the schedule, and, and I agree. I mean, this is the time to get loose and, and get some wins. And for me, it's simple. When you go down to Texas to play two against the Mavs and two against the Spurs, be a, on the right side of 500 when you go down there for that road trip. You do that, you're going to be in good shape because you should be able to go two and two there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're you know, what, the past, you know, near the midway point of the season uh, or coming up on it and, and you're basically right on schedule. Um, and, and it is worth pointing out, and I'm glad West Oakland Sam did point out, that the Warriors have played a very difficult schedule to this point. So um, it's even more uh, noteworthy when you talk about, you know, some of the games that they've won and, you know, when you consider, too, how brutal those first two losses of the year were as well uh, for them to, to get back together collectively. So, um, it, you know, this is all the evidence that we have to go on. We know it's still going to be a work in progress, but I'd be lying if I said that this team hasn't exceeded my personal expectations for what I thought they would be able to accomplish. I figured I still feel like provided they can stay healthy, they're going to be better in the second half of the season, JD. Um, and you would hope that a Curry and Draymond led team would have that uh, with Ubre getting more comfortable, Weissman uh, getting more acclimated to the NBA level. So um, I, I think this is a, a great place for this basketball team to be at. That's why I said on the pregame, sky's not falling. Just make sure you handle business this week. And, and so far, so good. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And I think even having a game like the game against Phoenix that was postponed going back to, to 10 days ago on the 15th, second of a back-to-back -back after they had taken on 
Denver, you know, that game had the potential to be a rough one, but instead they wound up getting that Friday off. They got Saturday uh, to, to have practice. They practiced again on Sunday, and then they went and got their biggest win of the year on Monday uh, on the MLK holiday uh, against the Lakers. So, so those little mini resets that you're not expecting, I think are going to be a part of this schedule this year. And, oh, by the way, to your point, now you take that Phoenix game and you move that Phoenix game into the into the back half of the year because I think the NBA has come to grips with the fact, and, and there was another game postponed today, San Antonio and the Pelicans, that they're, they're just going to have to postpone when needed and flip some games to the back end of the year and then just see how many games left they have to play, and that'll dictate – when they end this thing. I know they want to end the regular season around May 15th or 16th and get the playoffs rolling, but you know what? If if they got to let people play another week or 10 days to, to get everything in, uh, I, I, think, I think they'd be more than happy doing that, and I think that is what could potentially help the Warriors getting these little breaks here and there. Obviously, you want everybody to be as safe as possible, but but then using the time to grow as a team and be a better team in that second half. Yeah, and look, if games get postponed and and schedules get altered and itineraries get moved around, guess what? Global pandemic, lucky that there is even basketball right now. Players understand that. We all have to to face a, a very fluid situation here and you hope that, you know, a year from now that's going to be in the rearview mirror and and life will be quote closer to normal again, but that's, as you would say, J.D., price of admission right now. You have to be flexible, and you have to understand that things can change at a moment's notice, uh, and that's where that mental toughness comes in. And, and the good news is I think this Warriors team, based on everything they've been through, uh, you know, with, with the, the leadership core of the last, you know, five, seven years, uh, then even this this new group of, of players all kind of gelling together after hitting some bumps in the road, I think they've shown me that they've got that. They're made of that kind of stuff. Warriors wrap-up, John Dickinson, Ryan Covey here in 95-7. The game, Warriors get the win, 130-108 to 108 over the Timberwolves. So the Dubs now 9-8 and eight on the season. Well, let's talk a little bit about Andrew Wiggins because he was, he was crushing. He was crushing his former team tonight to the tune of 23 points, six boards, three steals, three blocks. Andrew Wiggins is sixth in the NBA in blocks. How about that as a starting small forward? His man, his anticipation, JD. It's it's incredible to watch, and I mean, when you've got that kind of a wingspan, and that every time you hear about Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman was asked about him in in the post game, and you hear two things: wingspan and athleticism, right? And when you possess those two things the way that he does, uh, and and then you have that innate basketball skill, just that it's the anticipation. He reads plays. That's why he's uh, you know perfectly adept at blocking shots. He's good at getting steals. That's what that's. That's what it takes to make those kind of defensive plays is anticipate where the player's going, where the ball's going, uh, all that. And, and Wiggins does that very well. And, and the, the guys that are truly the best at this, they do it, J.D., and they kind of make it look easy, right? I mean, you know, there's plenty of plays where Wiggins makes and you're like, wow, I, I, I didn't really see him coming. You know, he came out of nowhere right there. And that's what he does. And his offensive game is is looking really sharp right now as well. He just You could tell he's playing with a ton of confidence. I even I even put a poll on my Twitter because I wanted to, like, take a, uh, you know, take the temperature of Warriors fans and ask, are, you know, are you officially coming around on Andrew Wiggins? Because I know there was plenty of skepticism with this guy when the Warriors uh, acquired him, and rightfully so. And I asked Warriors fans if Andrew Wiggins has changed the way uh, that they felt about him when the 
Warriors acquired him. Right now, 85% of Warriors fans on my poll would say absolutely yes. So um, I, I think the, the Andrew Wiggins story is changing right before our eyes, and it's fun to watch, man. He's He's been a monster at both ends. And, and there were moments tonight where it felt like, really through the bulk of this game, that he was carrying the Warriors. He was holding them up. Steph brought him home with the 15 points in the, what, three minutes and 20 seconds of stretch in that fourth quarter. Timberwolves cut it to eight. Steph comes back in the game. I think there was 6.45 to go. And Steph was like, yeah, you guys aren't getting any closer. I'm running this thing back up close to 20, and it's ball game over. But you you had the, the, the bulk of the game from the start and, until when Steph carried him home where it was basically Andrew Wiggins making all the big plays to help keep the Timberwolves at bay. Yeah, well, it was also his former team, right, J.D.? And you know that guys are going to have a little extra juice in the tank for that. Warriors had lost a couple of games in a row. Look, Wiggins is capable of this. We, we even saw him in his time in Minnesota as the lead dog. He could score, right? I mean, Wiggins is a guy that could get you 25, 30 points. Um, if it's going to be closer to 30, it'll probably be to the detriment of the team. Uh, but I, I think he's found a perfect balance right now, and he's comfortable being that number two option. We thought he was going to be the number three option. We thought it'd be Steph, Clay, Wiggins. We thought that would be the pecking order. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins is a much more skilled offensive player than Kelly Oubre is, uh, and, and J James Wiseman's still not a finished product at this point. So uh, plenty of nights he's been called upon to be that number two behind Steph, and for the most part, he's been equal to the challenge. He's hitting threes. You could just tell. You, you know, you've watched a lot of hoop, J.D. You could just tell when a guy's playing with confidence, right? And 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 now there's a baseline expectation for Andrew Wiggins. Like, I, I, I expect him. Now, I'm, I'm surprised when he comes out flat, whereas before I'd be kind of surprised if he played a complete two-way game. So he's already kind of flipped that narrative, um, and now it's just about continuing to, to – keep that standard up, and I think this change of scenery has done this guy a, a world of good. We know he's got talent. He's number one overall pick. And, and he's going to be a guy that there's still going to be nights where you where you wonder, all right, where where is he? And I think you know there are certain themes that come up when every team loses. I always point those out, and we're learning what those are because this is really a new Warriors basketball team. So uh, there are ways that teams win, and then there are ways that teams lose. And, and when the Warriors have lost, it's been – you know, a lot of Kelly Oubre didn't do this or didn't make a shot or what's going to happen with the lineup or the offense and starting lineup needs to be changed around and tinkered with maybe a little bit. The the one thing that I think we thought we were going to be talking about a lot, to your point about your poll, was on the nights where the Warriors don't play well, oh, where's Andrew Wiggins? And it, and it was kind of that way those first couple of games. But really, now that the Warriors have played, what, 17 games, if you take those first two out, over the next 15, how many games has that even been a thought of, oh, where's Wig? Maybe two? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, one or two Maybe. out of the 15? That that tells you all you need to know. 100%. And guess what? Andrew Wiggins wasn't the only guy that played like hot garbage in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee, right? The whole right. team did. And even Steve Kerr acknowledged like, hey, it, was, it, it, it almost is unfair to even judge the team around it. Now, it's two losses. It's on their resume. It's on their record. They got to own it. Fair enough. Um, but it ain't how you start, it's how you finish. And this team clearly dusted themselves off after that. And, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, it, look, I, I shudder to think where the Warriors might be had this guy not been bringing it. Um, and he's got multiple nights where, you know, he's shooting over 50% from the field. I mean, it's rare 
that Wiggins will have a night where he's sub uh, 50% from the floor. And, you know, this is from a small forward. I mean, we're not talking about a center here um, where all his shots are from in tight. I mean, we know he's been shooting the three ball uh, very well so far as well. He's, you know, just over 40%, shooting 45% overall from the field. Like, Andrew Wiggins is doing everything. I mean, what honestly, I, what more can anybody ask from Andrew Wiggins right now? He's in the conversation to be on the NBA All-Defensive team. He's averaging, what, 18 points a game, somewhere in that neighborhood, 17 and a half, and he's shooting 40% from three, 45% from the field, five rebounds a night. Uh, what else could you ask for from this guy right now? He's literally doing it all at both ends. Yeah, you, you can't ask for, for much more from Andrew Wiggins, and, and I think you were onto something, too, with – the, the former team thing. Uh, I think, you know, he, he knows oh, yeah. all the heat that he took. Uh, and it's just, it's just one of those things, man. Teams or lo- guys love to put it on their former team. And, and Andrew Wiggins, clearly he, he just had that look about him. <laughs> like, like he knew, <laughs> he knew that he was going to try to get loose uh, in the ball game tonight. And, and you look up and down, Andrew Wiggins, 23, but Andrew Wiggins, led the Warriors in terms of plus-minus uh, as he was a plus-22 uh, overall in a game that the Warriors wound up winning by 22. 888 957 888-957-9570. We're going to hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, coming up here. Lots of good stuff to get to. We're going to hear from James Wiseman about yeah. coming off the bench and why he thinks that can be a benefit to him uh, and we're also going to hear uh, from Draymond Green, hopefully, as well. Warriors wrap up. Warriors get the job done tonight. They win it 130-108. to 108. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Gets the ball to Wanamaker. Wanamaker says, okay, I'll run something. Takes it left wing to Wiggins. Hand off to Curry. Curry draws a crowd. Now guarded by Vanderbilt on the switch. Curry left side of the circle. Backs up middle. Takes it for about 27. Curry! This is Kate Scott from the Morning Roast. Bonte, Shasky, and I were reacting to this great Warriors win over the Timberwolves bright and early tomorrow morning from 6 to 10 a.m. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, Warriors wrap-up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Thanks, Kate. We're back here on 95.7 The Game, and we'll be taking you into the 11 o'clock hour uh, a little bit tonight. Warriors get the win, 130-108. to 108. Uh, Stephen Curry, man, uh, you were kind of waiting for him to, to get it going a little bit. Everything was, was out of rhythm. I mean, Curry was putting up good numbers overall at 19 going into the fourth. But you're thinking, uh, or 21 rather, even going into the fourth. And you're, you're thinking, damn, this, the, the lead gets down to eight. There's seven minutes to go. It, it felt like the Warriors needed Steph Curry to do exactly what he did, uh, which is basically take the game over for a three-minute stretch uh, and tell the Timberwolves, yeah, yeah, that was cute, your little comeback and, and, and you know, mucking the game up a little bit, but uh, I'm going to end this bad boy right now. Yeah, it was, what, 103-95 with 6.45 left. Warriors outscored them 27-13 to the rest of the way, and that, that three that Steph hit um, to put them up 121-103 to with about three and a half minutes left, that's drive home safely, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Uh, well, there's no fans there, but you know what I'm saying, J.D. Uh, and that's what you need from – 
your leader, your future Hall of Famer, your number two on the NBA's all-time three-point makes list. You you need to go out there and be a killer and, and put games out of reach. And when he's, you know, you, you would have maybe hoped, I, I think Steve Kerr would have maybe had a, a, a hope of Steph not having to check back in in the fourth quarter. Maybe that, that second unit does enough to put the T-Wolves on ice, but alas, it didn't happen. And so that's all right. Then you go back to your captain and you go back to, to Steph and say, all right, well, Go get them. Close them out. And and they did. And the Timberwolves never seemed too interested in playing a whole lot of defense tonight, J.D. And I know the personnel was a bit of an issue. Um, they were they were having more fun on the offensive side of the floor. Uh, and so if you're going to leave Steph Curry wide open like that all night, and we had a couple of threes, it's like, oh, oh, that's not a great defensive strategy, leaving yeah. Curry, you know, five feet unattended. Uh, let me know how that works out for you. And uh, spoiler alert, J.D., it didn't work out too well for him. No, it worked out to the tune of Steph knocking down 7 to 12 from 3 and you're right. A lot of them were were pretty wide open looks. Uh and the Warriors wind up getting this win by 22. Wire to wire win for the Warriors. It didn't really feel like a wire to wire win, but uh, once the Warriors got up uh, early, uh it just felt like the game lived constantly. Ah, oh, the, the Timberwolves get it down to about 10 and then the Warriors would push it up to about 16 and then the Timberwolves get it down to 10 and then the Warriors would push it back up to 18 and then and then it got down to 8 and then the Warriors wound up pushing it uh, all the way back up to 22, and that final margin of victory wound up being the Warriors' largest lead of the night uh, at 130 to 108. But they never trailed in the game, uh, and it never felt obviously like the Warriors were truly in danger, even when it got to that point with 6:45 to go, where the Warriors' lead was trimmed all the way down to eight. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Still time for some phone calls here on Warriors wrap up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. I, I want to switch gears a little bit, talk about some of the themes of the night here and going into this one uh, the news that broke uh, right as we were about to hit the air for Warriors Live was the fact that that Steve Kerr was going to make a lineup change I know there's been a lot of conversation about Kelly Oubre would that be the move Uh, but no uh, the move was to change the starting center spot and so James Wiseman found his way out of the starting lineup Kevon Looney into the starting lineup and uh, our buddy Nick Friedel of ESPN uh, and also of 95.7 The Game fame. Uh, uh, and yeah, partner on uh, Warriors this week on Saturdays here on 95.7 The Game. He asked uh, Steve Kerr the question about the delicate balance of trying to develop Wiseman and also making sure that the best lineup is on the floor uh, to give this team an opportunity to win games. And here's what Steve Kerr had to say. Well, I would say that development it doesn't equal playing time or vice versa. You know, it's uh, development is, is really something that is, it's, it's tougher to define. You know, it's really about understanding the game, learning the game. Sometimes you can learn observing from the bench a little bit. We're, we're figuring out creative ways to try to teach him in practice sessions, you know, between games. His development is happening all the time. He's working every day with Theo Robertson, Chris DeMarco, watching tape, you know, individual workouts, three on three. So it's, it's really the whole process, Nick. As you said from the beginning, um, we're, we're trying to win games too. And so I have to figure out what that means. All it meant tonight was, you know, let's, let's start Loon. Let's try to get off to a better start and flip their roles. I think it's. I think it worked out well. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it the whole year. It just uh, feels like what I should do right now. 
it, it did work out well in the game tonight. And, and as we got closer to, to tip off and even as the game started, I it, it seemed like less and less of a big deal. When, when we were talking about it on the pregame, it felt like a big deal. Oh, Wiseman taken out of the starting lineup. But honestly, by tip off, it, it felt like it wasn't a big deal to me. And then it, as the evening went on and on, it just felt like even even less of a big deal. What, what was your takeaway from what yeah. Kerr had to say and, and the whole night? I think he was just looking to shake things up. I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't think he's ready to sit down Kelly Oubre uh, and take him out of the starting lineup. And let's just throw the rat on the table, if you will. The Golden State Warriors are paying a pretty penny for the services of Kelly Oubre this year. Now, if he w- continues to struggle offensively and it just it's clear it's not working and, and, and it coincides, J.D., with this team dipping in form and, and losing multiple games in a row. I mean, they haven't lost three in a row all year yet, so we need to be mindful of that. This is a, a, a plus 500 team right now, so you can't really argue with the results, especially when you consider they've played some tough opposition. So uh, I, I think when you think about Kelly Oubre specifically, you got to think about 80 million in luxury tax. This guy's been around the block. He's been in the league a while. He's kind of deserved. He's built up enough equity where he deserves a, a bit of, of breathing room and also knowing what a huge role he's trying to fill and maybe he was feeling a little bit of that pressure. Then you look at the James Wiseman situation. He's 19 years old. He played three college games. He played no preseason. He has already overachieved and exceeded what would be a reasonable expectation for a rookie playing in those circumstances, right? And so... He understands that, and look, sometimes a rook going to have to take a step back and maybe ride the pine a little bit, and it's not even so much a knock on James Wiseman. And, and look, I love, and I know we're going to hear from Wiseman, I love his mindset around it as well. Embrace the positives. Like, it's a long season. James Wiseman's going to be in the NBA a long damn time. And so if what's best for the 2020-2021 Golden State Warriors for a stretch of games is bringing a, a savvy veteran like Kevon Looney off the bench or, you know, putting him in the starting lineup and having James Wiseman, the 19-year-old rookie, coming off the bench, so be it. And, and quite honestly, he needs to just go with the flow. He needs to fall in line with that. This is a team game. It's not a, it's not the James Weissman Warriors. It's it's the Golden State Warriors. So uh, I think he's handled everything perfectly, and and I think it was just Steve Kerr's way of looking to shake things up. And it was clear to me, JD, that Steve Kerr had a very candid conversation with them. Hey, this isn't a knock, young fella. It's not like you've been you know dropping the ball. James Weissman's put together some really good games lately. So I think he still got plenty of confidence in him. Uh, but the team needed a bit of a shakeup, and and this was the easiest way to do it. Steve Kerr's going to lean on veterans because that's what good coaches do. And I think there's also something to be said, and I touched on this briefly at Warriors Live. There's something to be said for, you know, if you have a young player that's up and down, playing up and down, and and you have a a veteran player that's playing up and down, there's something to be said for taking the younger player out of the starting lineup before you take the veteran out of the starting yeah. lineup. It's a subtle, it's a subtle thing, but there's a little, there, there's a little message in there, not to Wiseman at all, but to Ubre that it, it's, and, and Bruce Bochy used to do this with the, with the giants. And it's, you're going to give the veteran guy, whereas the fans probably would give him two chances. You're going to give a veteran guy three, Bruce Bochy would give him five. And, but, but, <laughs> yeah. but if, but he gave him five because the time, at the point where he actually took him out of the lineup, everybody was going to know, including the player, hey, not only did I give you every chance that, that, that you've earned and deserved, 
but then I gave you two more, and and then I gave you probably one more that that nobody else would have. So I think there's a respect yeah. level to where you don't lose a guy if you handle it that way. Yeah, and he still got Kelly Oubre firmly, you know, in his corner, and Kelly Oubre knows he's got Steve Kerr in his corner. So that's getting a veteran's back. You should, and a rookie should expect uh, to to not have his spot in the team solidified. And, you know, look, I, I think Weissman had a, a really nice game tonight, that weak side block he had in the third quarter. There was that put-back dunk. Like, Weissman does a few things every night and still did it tonight. We are like, Ooh, tantalizing. Love that. Going to look forward to be watching that for the next five, six, seven, ten years uh, with him wearing a Golden State Warriors uniform. But he also did commit four fouls in 16 minutes. So, you know, he's still he's still cleaning some things up as well. I, I love the fact that he hit for double figures, um, but he still needs to, to just get his positioning down a little bit. And having a veteran like Kavon Looney, who's going to be more positionally sound, there's going to be less variance on a night-to-night basis, there's just going to be that much more stability. I'm all for it. Like, And that's what this team needs right now. It's kind of a you – know, you're at that point in the season, J.D., where – you don't care how you get wins. You just need to get wins right now, especially this week above all other weeks. That's why I think this was a good time to do it. High probability for success tonight with Kevon Looney into the starting lineup, and now you're going to have a veteran group going out there again uh, on Wednesday, and, and this is a really important week. And, and you still, it, look, Weissman, there, there's still plenty of time for James Weissman to be a starter on this Warriors basketball team, like in 2021. He'll be back in that starting lineup again. There's no question. Right now, Loon's the better option, and I, I think Kerman made the right move you mentioned it let's go ahead and hear from James Wiseman uh and he about the reasoning and what Kurt told him about going to the bench just because Loon has uh, much experience as me so I look at it as um as learning experience and it's not nothing bad at all it's just um due to the fact that like just trying to figure out the rotations and stuff but everything is coming together and I'm most definitely learning over there more so it's really helpful for my development uh for, yeah, for my development as a basketball player but as a person, I'm not really worried about that because, I mean, once I get in the game, I can be able to impact it. So I just product my minutes as much as possible. And I want to go ahead and follow that one up with another one real quick. We'll go back to back. Uh, and James Wiseman talking about how being on the bench helps him. Because I can be able to, like, read more um, schemes. While I'm on the bench, I can be able to see more. I can be able to, like, I'm even more prepared when I get out there because I know, like, what to expect. And I'm in better positioning when I'm actually looking at Loon and other bigs play. So it's just better for my development. So there you go. I mean, my goodness, he sounds like a he sounds like a ten-year uh, vet talking about that perspective man obviously Steve Kerr had a conversation with now I'll I'll just say this if Steve Kerr didn't have a conversation with him and he's just checking all those boxes on his own and I let me see on the front end I already think James Wiseman is a really sharp cat and he's going to be a terrific player that that's like next level okay because I feel like he was almost talking like he was coached up what to say there but he probably wasn't he probably just gets it and you know what Take the emotion out of it for a second. Take all, you know, maybe the, the political stuff around benching him, you know, and, and having him come off the bench. Take that out of it for a second. It might help him, J.D., right? Just being able to see what the game looks like for the first couple minutes, seeing how Kevon Looney's playing positionally, how teams are playing the center that night, like where he can be best used. Hell yeah, I think that's a, a good way to go about it. And even if it's not an optimal situation, even if he is taking it as a slight, all right, Rook, well... Do something about it. It's not like, you know, you're a quarterback where you just got, you know, benched and you're not going to play at all. Like, you're still going to play. 
Go out there and make it count. And if you're playing against, you know, backup centers a little bit more often, then make it count even more. Eric Pascal seeming to make it count playing the small ball five pretty good this year. So I'm sure Weissman's going to have plenty of opportunities to feast on guys that are ill-equipped to deal with what he's bringing to the table. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM at HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. It's Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. We're with you here for about another 10 minutes on 95.7 The Game. Warriors got the win tonight, 130-108, to as they get it done against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Same two teams on Wednesday at Chase Center. Warriors now 9-8, and and the Timberwolves are 4-12. and Let's get to Tim in North Carolina who's joining us here on the phone lines. Tim, you're on 95.7 The Game. J.D., J.D., what's up, guys? Come on, guys. I'm hearing you, and you guys don't even believe what you're saying. That is weak, man. Come on, Wiseman is not even close to the reason this offense was stalling. That's weak. That's the easy way out, man, and you guys know it. I mean, that's come on, fellas. That that that. That starting lineup is going to be a lineup of short pip squeaks when they go up against big teams and normal teams in the league, and they're not going to be able to well, compete yet tonight Tim, against Minnesota. Come on, JD, you know Tim, this. Let's have a conversation. I don't want you. To, don't let's not hang up on Tim. I want to have a conversation. The three of us can have a little conversation about this thing. I I think it's not something that's going to be until the end of the season, and you're absolutely right. If you're playing a team that, that starts a legit seven-footer that plays in the paint, you're going to need James Wiseman's size. And and you're right. It wasn't solely uh, the offense you know, having issues because of Wiseman. In fact, you could make a case it was more because of Oubre's lack of shooting and lack of passing. But But the point is – that for this game, this particular point in time, you flip those roles, you get take a little pressure off of Wiseman, you let Looney get in there, and, and then you bring the kid back in. Like I, I don't feel like this is going to be a long-term thing, Tim. Okay, I agree. All right, I agree. I just want to make sure I'm listening, I'm listening to you guys. And I'm not well, what you, J.D. What's my man name? Is it Chassie, right? What? Sure no, it's Ryan Covey, man. Come on, get, get it. Come Save on, my Tim. First day, I love bro. you, man. It's all good, though, Tim. I listen to you guys all day, all the different shows. So <laughs> I, I'm just listening. I listen to you guys all the time, and it just sounds like you're convincing yourself. As long as we're on the same page, that it's not long term, and I think we are. It's just you know, I, I'm, I'm it's two in the morning over here on the East Coast. Got home from work, staying up late, looking at the game, and I'm like, I gotta call these guys because they don't believe what they're saying. But it sounds like we're on the same page, short term. Woo! Not no long-term starting lineup because a long-term starting lineup, that, those, that lineup is not going to compete. I mean, they'll compete, but you guys know we've seen this before with Looney as a starting center. We saw it all last year. I mean, they've got destroyed. You know, so okay. if we think it's a short-term fix, learn the lesson, I get it. But, guys, at the end of the day, I, I think it's weak. I know it's politics. Right. I know Uber's making a lot of money. But I, I agree with y'all. If it's short term, we can go there. But I just, you know, I, it's funny. Thanks, Tim. Good, yeah. good stuff, Tim. We appreciate it. Go, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah, and, I'll let and you first respond. of all, thank you. And anything regarding last season in Kavon, like, miss <laughs> me with all of that. Okay, like, just look around. He look around who he's playing with. But it is a short term thing. And if you don't think that roster politics have something to do with some of these decisions being made. And, and I think we laid it out pretty clearly, J.D. 
Steve Kerr is going to look out for his veterans because this ain't his first day on the job. That's why. And you go a lot further sitting a rook down for a few minutes. Look, a year from now, even, hell, 20, 30 games from now, you might be out of pocket sitting, taking James Weissman out of the starting lineup. But you can do it right now. Why? Because James Weissman played three college games. And James Weissman is still a work in progress. And again, it's not like he's not getting minutes. And guess what? Good news, J.D. Carl Anthony Towns, he wasn't in the starting lineup tonight, so you didn't have to worry about it. Looney was fine. This was the perfect time to do it. Shake things up a little bit. If you don't think Kelly Oubre knows everything that we're talking about right now as well, too, and that, like, he's, I'm not going to say on the chopping block, but his place in the starting rotation uh, is certainly would be the next to go, you know, come on. Like, of course he knows that. Well, we and we talked about it last week. How and we played the audio from Steve Kerr, where he was talking about, well, maybe lineup changes at some point, but I'm still not going to do it. But the tone of everything that Steve Kerr was saying a week ago, even was, if I make a move, it's going to be Wiseman and not Ubre. We actually talked about that on on Warriors Live uh, with Jim Barnett, and we all kind of agreed. Boy, it sure doesn't sound like it's going to be Ubre. And then Ubre had a better game, and we thought, okay, maybe he's turning the corner. And then Ubre had two two poorer games uh, in in the two games that the Warriors lost, and then that sort of shifted the conversation back toward man, this guy's not moving the rock, he's not making shots, he's stalling the offense out. Maybe that has to be the move. Uh, but in, in in all honesty, Steve Kerr went back to basically where we were about a week and a half ago, where he thought, you know what, if I'm going to make a move. I'm going to make a move with the young fella and, and just switch it up. He still played the same amount of minutes. He's basically been playing 16, 17 minutes a game really the whole season for the most part, and, that, and that's he got a little under 16 tonight. Uh, it's a balancing act right now, how, how you try to develop him. But I, I would think he's back in there the next time the Warriors face a team that has a legitimate starting big man uh, right. with, with some size. Yeah, and I'll say this too because let's let's consider the alternative for a hot second as it applies to taking Kelly Oubre out of the starting lineup. I mean, we, we all know we're, we're talking about Damian Lee, right? I, I think that's would be the obvious choice. Now, Damian Lee started 36 games for the Warriors last year, okay? His field goal percentage is up by three percentage points this year. His three-point shooting is up from 35.6 last year to almost 40% this year, coming off the bench this year, starting last year. He is flourishing in this role. So here's the thing. If the Warriors, what, what are they, nine, 9 and 8 now, J.D., so you're 17 yep. games in, they're not 6 and 11. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're 6 and 11, then the Kelly Oubre situation, it's, it's situation critical. Cue up to Andre Nicotina. You need to make some changes. But it's not there yet. Why? Because this team still hasn't had a three-game losing streak. Every time that they've, they've been asked big-time questions, they've had the answers. They did it again tonight. So you can still afford to ride out with your veteran player. If this team has a real dip and it's just like, okay, come on, man, like Oubre has no business being in that starting lineup, then you make the switch. And then you have to consider, too, this team needs to play defense. And Kelly Oubre, even if he's going two for ten from the field, he's not passing and he's clogging things up in the lane offensively, he's still playing defense. And guess what? Outside of Draymond about 70% of the time, this team doesn't do and Oh, and, and then Wiggins, of course. Like, this team doesn't have a lot of plus defenders, but Oubre certainly is. And so Steve Kerr is going to stick with them, and I think he should. They're, they're over 500. Like, it's all good, everybody. And, and Uber had a nice game tonight, by the way. 14 points. He knocked down a couple of threes. 
Uh, he had six rebounds. I mean, he's always attacking the glass on, on a team that, that I think probably needs a few more people uh, to be attacking the glass with, with some more consistency. And Kelly Uber even had four assists in the ball game tonight. So, look, it's a work in progress. Not every night, obviously, is going to be like that. But but Kelly Oubre was a, a positive contributor, and I think there's something to be said for, hey, you take Wiseman out of the starting lineup, and then everybody focuses on that, and then people maybe are a little bit less focused on Kelly Oubre. He can go out there and have a nice game, and then Steve Kerr doesn't get asked if he's taken Kelly Oubre out of the starting lineup for at least the next two days. <laughs> right? Right. I mean... Uh, so yeah. I think there is some some method to that, man. The, the other uh, quick thing I wanted to get to here, and then sure. we'll look ahead a little bit. Uh, I did want to get to one more piece of sound from Steve Kerr because the other question, and this was tremendous, uh, Marcus Thompson of The Athletic had, had a wonderful back and forth with Steve Kerr leading up to this uh, regarding the balance between Stephen Curry getting everybody else involved and letting the game come to him and then also – needing to tell him with seven minutes to go, hey, go take the game over for a little bit so we can end this night and put the T-Wolves to sleep and, and, and get a win and, and focus on Wednesday on to the next. Uh, and, and, and Kerr had, a, had a, a fascinating answer to it, and I think it's something we're going to be talking about here for the next couple of days. So let's go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr. You guys who have watched our team for a long time, you know the difference between us clicking with ball movement and everybody engaged and everybody playing with force and Steph just chucking. There's a total. There's a, a totally different vibe. We've we've frankly we've had a couple games this year. I'll mention one in Denver. We had no energy. Nobody was involved. Steph had an incredible offensive performance, but there was no engagement. There was no uh, traction as a team. And so the reason for mixing it up and not just giving it to Steph and saying, you know, just make a play for the, the rest of the night every every time. You're trying to engage the team and you're trying to build something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And when Steph is at his best, he's flying off screens. Two defenders are running at him. We're slipping to the rim. Guys are getting dunks. Everybody's happy. Everybody's engaged. The defense is frustrated because they can't load up on him. And Steph knows that. And so that's that's always the balance we're trying to find, Marcus. We're just, uh, you know, we want him to, to be aggressive, but if we just had him run pick and roll every time, I don't think our team would be that good, frankly. <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah, that's that's some gospel from Steve Kerr. And he knows, too, like this Warriors team is, has has found some money, right? I mean, they've, they've done some good things this year, but they can also be so much better, too, J.D. The, the best, I hope, is yet to come. And, you know, Steve Kerr has got to walk that balance, too. Like, he, he still has that, that locker room's ear when they're not doing the things they're supposed to. He's going to call them out. And he's going to hold guys accountable, kind of is the, the job requirement for Steve Kerr. Um, and then, you know, he's also going to take care of guys. He's going to protect them. So uh, that's that's why Steve Kerr is a, quote, player's coach. It's not a mistake that Steve Kerr's had plenty of success uh, being the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. He's He's got a pretty good balance of the micro view and the macro view of where his team's at at any given moment. Uh, and he usually hits the right notes. And so that's, that's, that's just classic Steve Kerr for me, J.D. I think all of that being said, and I agree with all of it, I do think there's got to be, and I think there's a natural you know, evolution for this thing as, as the season goes on. I do think there needs to be a little more Steph trying to get it, get it going early in some yeah. games. And look, I, I think that's up to him, 
And and I think there does need to be a little more of that, hey, we're going to roll Steph and Draymond pick and roll, and we're going to try to get things energized and, and, and get him cooking a little bit and maybe force the opposition to, to – to defend him a little bit differently, which could open things up for other people in a different way. Like I get where Steve Kerr's coming from, and it's it's the it's the long game and it's patience, and you want to make sure you're setting everybody up to be in the best positions to succeed. But I also think in the short term here, as the focus tonight has been on, hey, win now while developing. Well, win now is let Steph cook a little more but also develop the system that you want to get in place that's going to lead you to a better place as this season goes on. No, I think that's a great point, J.D., and, and that's where finding that balance is going to be. And I think Steph, basically every night that the Warriors hit the floor, and the reasons are twofold, but the, but the first is because teams right out of the gate are going to be all over Steph Curry when everybody's fresh and the game plan's still fresh in everybody's mind and teams are actually, for the most part, trying to defend. Uh, you're going to see a lot of focus paid on Steph Curry, so that's part of it. Early in games, he often there's not as much space for him as there is as the game wears on. And the other part of it is I almost feel like Steph Curry's out there with that first unit saying, all right, anybody got it tonight? Let's." He's doing his check-in, yeah. right? He's, he's like, yeah, who's it's almost got like it? he's texting everybody. Who's yeah, he's texting Oubre. You, Oubre, you bringing you? anything tonight? Wiggy, what, what do you got tonight, big dog? Hey, Draymond, if, if they leave you open for a three, you're even going to take it tonight? How are you handling that? You putting the ball on the floor? Where's my Wiseman at? Can we get this lob game going? So, you know, the, Steph will kind of do the check-in with everybody because he feels like, hey, he is the point guard, but he's a scoring point guard. So I agree, maybe earlier in games, let Steph set the tone, make teams respect the fact that not only do you need to honor him, but, oh, yeah, he's already scoring, so you need to be, like, hyper aware of that, and then that opens up some things behind him. And you talk about that Steph Draymond pick and roll just see what they're running in a two-point game with a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter it'll be Steph Draymond pick and roll because they know that those two guys are going to make the best decision and even if it ends up with one of those two not ultimately taking the shot they're going to get the ball to somebody who's got the best opportunity to score the basketball so um again still a work in progress but uh, I, I think there there is a little bit of uh, of room for improvement in that area for sure all right, final cut here before we get out uh, on a Monday night. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Let's go ahead and hear from Steph Curry. Uh, we're talking all about the fourth quarter and him flipping the switch to, to go off for 15 uh, in about three minutes to, to put the game away. Uh, here's Steph talking about if something changed in that frame. I thought we were really good in the first half, and then third quarter, more specifically, I think what he was kind of referring to, or hopefully in terms of we had a window there where we were making dumb, stupid turnovers, giving up offensive rebounds, having breakdowns on defense, and then, you know, my patented lazy pass at half court, little stuff like that where it's so hard to win games in this league. You can't have those little, you know, spells. You can miss all the shots in the world. You can have the right kind of turnovers and stuff like that, but... The focus has to be there, you know, throughout the course of the game. And obviously, I got to I gotta do better in that respect to that kind of lead by example on that front. But thankfully, we were able to turn it back on down the stretch of the, of the game. It's going to be one where that back-to-back kind of vibe, playing the same team on Wednesday, we'll see how we, how we adjust and how we continue to keep our foot on the gas pedal for 48. And the Timberwolves could have – D'Angelo Russell back in the fold on Wednesday as well, so it could be a different team. I I, I kept thinking tonight, as we look ahead and, and we'll wrap it up here, I kept thinking tonight was the kind of game where the Warriors were uh, they were they were in some ways fortunate that Russell wasn't out there tonight to where if it was close in the final five or six, he, he can just get 
smoking hot and and carry a team home if he gets rolling. And I think uh, you know the Warriors are going to have to be on the lookout for that because he did warm up before the game and he could be back in the fold uh, for for Minnesota on on Wednesday. So a different look. Yeah. And we've seen a couple of these where where the team that loses gets a chance to adjust. And the Warriors have been that team a couple of times and have bounced back yep. with a much better performance. Yeah, that, that's so funny. I was just thinking that, J.D., and you're absolutely right. And, look, I mean, there was a couple of guys. I mean, Beasley, obviously, you know, he's been around for a while. We know he can score a bit. McLaughlin, I, I didn't know much about him. He really surprised me tonight. He was he was charged up at both ends of the floor. Um, and, and even we even saw the rook, Anthony Edwards, that number one overall pick. Still still figuring things out, right? Um, athleticism and upside galore there, but uh, he's clearly not a finished product yet. Um, but certainly an intriguing player and an exciting player to watch. I mean, my goodness. Um, but, yeah, D'Angelo Russell, that's a whole nother equation. And oftentimes, too, you know, it's funny, J.D., especially on bad teams, when, like, the, the star players aren't in, you actually get a better effort from some of these guys. And maybe if you've been, I don't know, playing behind D'Angelo Russell and watching him just pound the ball for, you know, 20 seconds of the shot clock before trying to do something, uh, maybe for some of these other guys it was a little bit refreshing to get out there uh, tonight and, and play without those guys. Obviously, long term, you're clearly better with guys like Russell and Towns. But for some of these other guys, it presented an opportunity. So it'll be interesting to see. I hope D'Angelo plays, though, uh, on Wednesday night. It's just it's, it's more fun to watch him. And, and honestly, I, I would be really looking forward to watching the Warriors making him pay for not playing any defense. I mean, the, the T-Wolves gave up 130 tonight. I don't know what D'Angelo out there. Can the Warriors score 140? I think they can. Good stuff, my man. Always a pleasure. And uh, we're back at it tomorrow, 7 o'clock tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game. Woo! We got Warriors roundtable at 6. And then we're back with the final word. Been a while since we've had a final word. Good to, good, good to have you back, my friend. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, I had a, a personal loss in my life last week. Lost a good buddy of mine, and I just wanted to thank everybody uh, at the station. It actually happened during a show. So I want to thank you, J.D., for stepping up and, and Mauser and everybody back at the station. Uh, everybody was super cool, felt the love and uh, ready to get back to work. And it's ironic tomorrow night, obviously. Tomorrow's going to be one year uh, since the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll be paying homage uh, to, to the Mamba. And also, J.D., just side note, the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO, it's incredible. If you haven't seen it yet, please watch it, J.D., because, baby, back end of the show, 9 o'clock hour, we got to talk about that Tiger Woods documentary because it was incredible. Sounds good, my man. Uh, lots to get into tomorrow, so we'll be doing that uh, at 7 o'clock with the final word here on 95.7 The Game. And then we're back with Warriors Live. Jim Barnett will join us 5.30 on Wednesday for the rematch of the Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson for Sterling and for Mauser and for Bobby. Uh, thanks for the help uh, of one and all there. Warriors get the win, 130-108. to 108. And you heard it all right here on your home for Warriors basketball, 95.7 The Game. Good night. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.